3: Good evening, welcome to Love Sport Radio and the West Ham fan show. Got Will Pugh from Balls on the Line, and we've got James Jones from West Ham World in the studio with us this evening. Good evening. Evening. How are we? We all right?
4: Very well, very well. Good stuff,
3: good stuff. Yeah, so last week, chaps, um, it was literally, wasn't it, that the Arnautovic transfer bid had just broken. And it was a bit of a weird one. Because we were kind of asking questions, you know, what do you reckon happened, gut feeling, are you surprised, how do you feel about it, is it enough money? And I'll be honest, it kind of just felt a little bit like we just had to kind of go through the motions as, you, you know, when these bids happen you've got to ask that question. Didn't necessarily see it developing the way it has done over the last week.
5: No, it's been it's been quite disappointing the way it's gone because, you know, as you said, we, we were quite convinced that it was just talk and on average would come out and say no it's not true like he did the previous time and everyone would be happy and Mm. then you know but it turns out that yeah he'd quite like to leave Mark Noble's come out and said it Antonio's come out and said it Um, and suddenly it's like oh he does want to leave but at the same time credit to him he did play against Arsenal he started against Arsenal he didn't have his best game it wasn't bad but credit to him he's still playing for the team um, he celebrated with, with Deke when he got the goal, and so maybe it's not going to be. I, I feared it was going to be another Dimitri Payet situation, but maybe it's not going to be that way. I
3: want you to be a bit more annoyed, to be honest, James.
5: <laughs> I, do you know what? It's, it's been a week now, and I've, I've kind of kind of resigned myself to the fact that we're probably going to lose him this month. And I've, all that anger that I had probably what Friday and Saturday. When what was does an angry James out. do? <laughs> I'll just sit in the corner and cry. <laughs> Don't I mean talk to I, anyone. Yeah. You know that you know that meme that goes around where it goes, "Oh, if it's bad, you know, say so you won't cry, then just cry a lot." Yeah, it's pretty much what I did over the weekend.
3: <laughs> oh mate, that's, a, that's an image.
5: Thank you. Thank yeah. you, Jen.
3: Will, did you cry? Did uh, you get angry? How this,
4: do you feel? I think I'm more disappointed about the fact that I think we're going to leave ourselves high and dry with no one Up front basically. If if we do lose him, which like you say, it's it's taken quite a quick turn since last week where I think I was leading the leading the cries of Ah, don't worry, he just wants a new deal and it's fair enough, good on him for Yeah,
3: but that's that's how it felt. Exactly. You know, that is how it felt. You know, we we're all kind of like, Well, you know, we can understand why a player would go to China but I think we're all in agreement that maybe it was something he would probably do in a couple of years.
4: Or maybe at the end of the season—that's what I was more hopeful yeah. of. Where if we had to have this conversation in in July, then it's it's a different situation then because we've got lots more time to try and replace him. Or but I just think now he's kind of leaving us in the lurch a little bit from from my point of view because he's got what another he could he could have stick with us for another just the rest of the season. We're on we're on the up anyway. He's a big part of that. I would have liked to have seen him hold off because it's unnecessary disruption and I just think we're not going to be able to replace him no. in this window and then it just sort of, our season just stutters because of that and we end up, you know, maybe 12th, 11th, something like that when I think we've got the potential on the platform to finish higher than that. I,
5: I mean, regardless of what I just said about, you know, resigning resigned to the fact we could lose him, there is still a huge chance that we won't lose him. Um, it's refreshing to see. But the- do you want him now?
3: yeah because yeah. this, wa- this is the thing there, isn't
5: it because sometimes when this
3: happens it burns bridges it does it does James and like not not necessarily with you guys and the fans it's then with the manager it's then with the players I mean we've had mikael Antonio coming out and speaking openly about it saying you know he wants to go so if he then doesn't go what what effect will that have on the squad? Well, Mark Noble, Is it
5: actually better to just get rid now? Mark Noble came out before Antonio did and said that he'd had a phone call with him I think it was the morning of the Arsenal game he said what's going on because that was when the headlines started really coming out and he said that Rich told him he went yeah you know I'm interested in going to China you know, because of the money that's on the table I suppose you can't blame him um, and he said, "I don't blame him, but he did say, say to me that for as long as he's at the football club, he's going to play for the football club, and he's going to give 110 percent." And for me, you know, if he does stay in the summer, then fair play because you know at least we know he's going to be playing for the shirt and, and not just sulking for for the next five or six months. He might go in the next two weeks. I, I fear that you know, <laughs> I fear that he will do. But if he don't, then I know, I know, we know that we're not going to be losing the play. We're not going to be paying for ten men every week.
4: I think it depends on there's talk of a I think today it came out I think Stuart Pearce has commented on the situation um suggesting that perhaps he won't go but the the new and improved bid is apparently 45 million pounds mm. does that change things I I think so especially given given clear view on it yeah. because before when when it seemed like when it was unclear wasn't it last week when we were talking how he felt yeah it does become a lot more things. clear since then, and I think forty-five million on the table. I still don't think you can. It's not like we're talking about players that we could potentially replace him with. But it's not like we're gonna we can turn around and whack that money straight back out in the market and pick someone up. So, although it does make a difference, I think if we do, I think it it puts this season certainly in a you look at this season in a different light to what you would have mm. 2 weeks
3: ago. Yeah, we'll go on to talk actually about Arsenal in, in a few moments after after this this coming break, but when Arnautovic came off in the game, did it did it did it feel did you get a sense that that was the last time you'd see him?
5: Well, he waved to the fans which everyone yeah. kind of gasped almost. Exactly. Everyone was clapping him and then and at the end he, did he,
3: he didn't then go on the he just walked off didn't he, down, walked the straight down the tunnel. down the tunnel. Yeah. So how how did that, how did that feel?
5: Disappointing. It was disappointing to see because you know, and it was—it was almost a collective gasp in the in the whole stadium. I was looking at each other, going, "Did he just wave at everyone? Is this—is mm. this it?" Um, but yeah, it was disappointing. He's in a difficult position, I think. There though, isn't he? While
4: while the deal isn't technically done, it was just a lot of, albeit strong, but just a lot of speculation at that point, wasn't mm-hmm. it? If he'd have, if he'd have, like at the well, end of the game, yeah. done a big lap of honor or you know, gone into the center circle, waving at everyone and clapping that would have been even more like, well, what the hell's going on here? I thought he actually conducted himself
5: with quite a bit of dignity. If if he does go, then that would have been the last time you see him because that was our last home game before he ended the a transfer window. So you can kind of see why he did wave Mm. with, you know, in the back of his head, he's like, I do want to go and hope they do it. And if, if, you know, if I do go, then it's my last chance to say goodbye. Yeah. So
3: I have to say, chaps, I'm very, very surprised and taken back a little bit by how kind of accepting you are of this, do
4: you not just think it's the game
5: these days? It's not just the game as well. It's, it, we're used to it, at West Ham. We yeah. lost Payet two years ago. We lost the likes of Rio Ferdinand because Payet was Lampard. so fresh in the memory. Yeah, that. But we've you know even Payet wasn't the first time. But, you know we lost Frank uh, Rio Ferdinand, Frank Lampard, Joe Cole, Michael Carrick. All those great players in the past. Yeah, but that that's fair left...
3: enough. If they're if those guys at the time, Frank Lampard, Rio Ferdinand, some of the most exciting talent in English football, and West Ham were not winning titles in the Premier League, and they were moving on to you know money bags Chelsea. Rio Ferdinand became the most expensive British player you know in history at the time. This is Dimitri Payet, who just had his best season ever as a professional footballer, going to Marseille, and you not getting anywhere near as much money as he was worth. Mm. And Marko Natovic. Your best player leaving to go to a second-rate league, so it is different
4: from my point of view. With the with the Pyatt one, he went to a club in Marseille. All right, oh, slightly bigger profile than us, perhaps certainly give him a chance. I think to. he took a wage cut as well, but it's to go back to his home, isn't it? His home country and to play in European competition, which we couldn't offer him. But there was a bit more dishonesty around the whole thing. Yeah, Arnautovic is being quite open, isn't he? Just I'm, I know his agent came out and said. Um, that part of the move is driven by a desire to, to win, win trophies. Titles, I mean, yeah. <laughs> that's obviously ridiculous. I mean, exactly. Not if people it, just no, come
3: it. out and say, "Look, this is the situation. He's 29 years old. He currently earns X amount. If he goes to China, he's earned three times as much. A football career is very short. I think people would actually appreciate that honesty significantly more. But
5: that's think- exactly what Noble said. Mm. Noble said, "You know, he's going there because there's a lot of money on the table." That's that's what he said. Yeah. Nothing about trophies. And
4: that's why I don't think everyone's perhaps as angry because anyone would. You can kind of understand it more. And he's not trying to come out. I think the trophy comment was a bit tongue in cheek, obviously. But he's not trying to come out, you know, putting the club down or pretending he wants anything else. He's being as open as footballers can be in yeah. just saying yeah, there's loads and loads of money they're offering me and,
5: and he hasn't refused to play like Pat did so you know as long as he doesn't do that then we'll see what happens that's okay. why I'm not that bothered about it
3: well we'll continue to talk about this we may talk about the actual football on the pitch as well uh, stay tuned it's Love Sport Radio and this is the West Ham Fan Show
2: this programme was previously broadcast live on Love Sport Radio so some items may be out of date for more podcasts or to listen live visit lovesportradio.com
3: are you paying too much for your car and home insurance? Then Spokesman Said could help you save on your bills. A Spokesman Said is the price comparison site that offers the best deals on the market for your energy and insurance. And if you're planning your summer holidays, you can also get the best value travel insurance deals too. Go to a spokesmansaid.com and you can be your bills in minutes.
1: With a spokesman said.com, fighting for
6: you, saving you money.
3: Welcome back. The West Ham Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio. James Jones and Will Pugh joining me till 8.30 this evening. We're talking about Anatovic. We will get on to football and other footballers that play for West Ham at some point over the course of the next half an hour. Um, The striking situation I was just actually saying to to Brian Moore and and James Gray before I came on that it leaves everything a little bit precarious. And when we touched on it last um, week in the sense of you've got Anatovic who if he doesn't go this window, I think we can be absolutely certain he'll be gone in the summer. You've got Andy Carroll, and we all know his contract situation. There's a very good chance that he will leave in the summer. Or, even if he is given a new contract, he's not someone he can rely upon in mm-hmm. terms of staying fit. Mm-hmm. You've got Lucas Perez, who you signed from Arsenal, who hasn't really settled, hasn't really done it. Again, there's a good chance he'll maybe go back to Spain in the summer. And then you've got today, Javier Hernandez, being linked with a move to Valencia. Yeah, Valencia, yeah. So, you've got four strikers there on good money and a good players But it feels that the only one you really want to keep is is Arnautovic. He's the most important one, probably. And you you could potentially lose him. If you lose Arnautovic, it's going to have a massive knock-on effect, does it not, to to all what you do as far as striking options go. Or, irrespective of what happens with Arnautovic, you need at least two strikers.
4: Well, that's the bit that worries me the most about the whole situation. Arnautovic in himself is obviously an excellent Mm. player. We've been lucky to have him. I think he's he's certainly repaid the fee and the wages we've paid him in the time he's been at the club. But I think that's what worries me the most about this situation. Now we've spoken length, haven't we, about all those other names that Jake just mentioned? But I I can't see us. I can't see any of them stepping into the breach, no. nor us being able to go out. Even I think Wilson was mentioned, but um. I can't see anyone else who's going to be as good as. And out of its short term, so I, I agree with the rest of the season. It casts that into.
5: Well, we we said last week that this is this is not the window to sell your best players. Uh, I mean, that's just common knowledge. It isn't, but sometimes you know. You is might, it not the the window in terms of getting the most for them in January? It is, yeah. But at the same time, I mean, in, in the situation we we're in at the moment, we could be losing our best striker. Yeah. Uh, and weirdly enough, uh, there there are other three strikers who are nowhere near as good as him. A rule, uh, two of them have been linked away as well, which is strange, like what is it with our strikers? another one we can't rely on anyway um so yeah its it quite worrying when you when you consider that all four of them mm. could, could be on our or could be gone by the summer um so there's a lot of business needs to be done when when really that's it should be the least of our worries up front you know we've got we've got we've got by a right back we've got to buy a left back yeah. we need another central midfielder so it's worrying if
4: you look at it from just a financial situation, then yeah, it, it probably would make more sense to sell him now. However, if if we do hold on to him, I think we have a much better chance of finishing not only top half, but in that you know around mm. that seven or eighth position, which we've covered already. And then surely doesn't that make us more of an attractive prospect in the summer for someone who's got more of a chance of being as good, or more of a chance of actually replacing Arnautovic in the team? Because I think at the moment it, it's a lesser, it's harder to sell the club to to a talented centre forward if we do get rid of Arnautovic, than it would be if we hold on to him and he sees us into a seventh or eighth place finish and then we say goodbye to him
5: in July. Well the thing we're missing at the moment, I mean I've i I've I've seen the players that we've been linked with and they will play for clubs that are in the Europa league or in the Champions League. Um and for them just to just to go, Oh, do you know what, I'll forget that. Yeah. I'll go and play for mid table Premier League team like West Ham with the potential of getting into into Europe next season, but it's not guaranteed in midway for a season, unless, again, you know, it's all about the money, isn't it? Unless they've got a big contract on the table for them and the agent's getting getting a lot of money, then it might happen. But it's a sort of deal that you, you rarely stri- see. There are you strikers really out there,
3: though. You know that you you don't have to be a European side, particularly obviously bearing in mind that if you're signing from abroad, just the the the, the sheer fact that you're a Premier League club makes Mm. it makes you attractive. I mean, I mean Cardiff look—they're about to sign Emiliano Salah from Nantes, and his goal-scoring record for them is is very very good. Obviously, there's never any guarantees with a player coming from anywhere, but you know, in particular the, the French division. But if looking at his wages, probably Salah will be a fraction of what Perez, Hernandez. And outovic and Carroll are on anyway. So if this all does happen and there is this domino effect, it could actually give you a kind of a bit of a, a blank canvas to go out there and not start again as such, but reduce the wage bill and, and bring in some some young and more reliable players.
4: Well, firstly, that's a that's a thing that's best done in the summer, isn't it? Not, not yeah, I would agree with that. Season. I would agree with that. And secondly, you mentioned the French league. There, we've had. Uh, two different like players spring to mind then we've had Sacco but we've also had Maiga from the French League haven't we
5: yeah. So yeah. Forwards, well, was Sacco good. wasn't bad for a season well that's right Yeah, he so just got a...
3: big time real quick didn't he Diaz yeah. from Sacco he came in as like this fresh striker hungry for an opportunity scored 6-7 goals and suddenly thought he was you know God's well, he, gift. he
5: came close to you know Vardy uh, got that record for I think it was 11 games scored I remember it yeah Sacco did 8 when he first did he really started, I think yeah, he did no, 7 yeah. or 8 and he got close to. were they Premier
3: League games though? yeah
5: Premier League hmm. and it was like no one's really talking about it and then obviously Vardy did it a few years later and obviously broke the record but he did 8 I'm pretty sure it was around about 8 goals and then he kind of just he, got, he had a couple of injuries didn't he and, and that was it but one striker that I think we should go for and no one said him yet is Vincent Janssen yeah
3: That's not, uh, I think there's probably Will, a Will, reason no one said it no Will's pulled a face <laughs> Justify it, why do you think you should go for Vincent Janssen? Well
5: the the, the out of favour Spurs striker. There are there are question marks over players that come over from, from Holland and and I mean not many not many have, have done it successfully. Um he spent a lot of time, you know, sitting on the bench or going out alone at Spurs, but there's no denying that he is a good striker. There's, there's a reason why Spurs bought him in the first place. And I think what that player needs more than anything is is a run of foot runner football matches a consistent one of the foot matches, being the focal point up front, being the main man in the team, if I know which goes, he's he, you know there's a possibility he could be available regardless of Kane's injury, because Kane, they say Kane's out, be, uh, out until March, he'll be back in two weeks, he normally is, isn't he? Yeah. So, um, I think there's an option, and it'd be cheap, it'd be about 25 million quid, because Spurs want to get rid of him. You get him cheaper than that. Well, we might even mm. if even if we don't twenty five million quid's a snip for a striker in, in in you know in today's market. I think I think he should be considered.
4: Even with even with Sun going to the Asia Cup as well. Do you think Tottenham are going to be in a position,
5: or I've, do you think he's just completely I out? Don't of the not want him. Question. Yeah, I don't, I don't want him. And he's, he's rarely even on the bench. Lorente's ahead of him, which, yeah. says, which says a lot about what, where, where they see him. Okay, a lot of people go well, you know, why don't we just go for Lorente then? But there's, there's a striker there. Played in the Premier, League, saw goals in the Premier League, not many. That's a given, but it just needs a run of games, a bit of confidence.
4: I think we need, you mentioned Lorente there. I don't think we, we've got a Lorente style player already, haven't we, on the bench. Who, mm. I know he's not reliable in Carroll, but we, if we're going to pick up anyone, we need someone who's that all in one striker like Arnautovic, don't we? Who's
5: big, strong, mobile, can win the ball in the air, who can basically do everything. Jansen is that style of player. Yeah, but then I said all of that. You know, needs to run a games, but that's what we said about Lucas Perez, and <laughs> look yeah, how that's gone down. <laughs> uh, just some news,
3: guys, from the Houses of Parliament. Um, the government has defeated a Labour motion of no confidence. Uh, news just in, by three hundred twenty-five to three hundred six. So Labour's motion, there brought forward by Jeremy Corbyn, has not gone through. Back on football chat next here on Love Sport Radio,
2: giving your team a voice. Love Sport Radio.
3: West Ham fans, before the end of the show this evening, Frank McAvenny, former striker of yours, and Steve Jones, another striker of yours, former, are going to be joining us on the show, Frank, in around 10 minutes. Steve Jones, uh, just after 8pm with Steve, we'll look ahead to your next Premier League game. He, of course, played for Bournemouth as well, and Frank, we'll be speaking to him about a whole host of things, but seeing as he's a striker, we probably will ask him about what we've been talking about for the last 20 minutes here on the West Ham Fan Show, but chaps, let's actually talk about the football, um, because there was a, a very positive thing to talk about. No more doom and glue with Marco and Adovich in the striker situation. It was a brilliant win, wasn't it, over Arsenal?
5: It was fantastic. I, I, I said to Will before, I was, it was one of those results. I was like, where, where did that come from? I know we were quite positive on last week's show. and I was positive in the build-up to it. it was, you know, I, I really felt as if we could get something from it. But I didn't see that performance in a particular way. You know, we all know what Arsenal are about. And our record against Arsenal recently hasn't been great. So... It was a great performance and and what capped it for me was Declan Rice getting the goal because he's been he's been getting closer over the last few games and and for him to get the win I was just it was fantastic couldn't ask for a better better game.
4: No that's right. I, I think it was our first home win against Arsenal since 2006 something like that yeah. Yeah, I think it was that Marlon Harewood goal yeah when, yeah. Was, yeah when Wenger and Pardew had a oh, touchline. Yeah. <laughs> Handbags. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. it. But no like you say it was a, it was a great win and I think there's been question marks over the team recently. We've had some games, the Southampton game we touched on last week, didn't we, about what an outstanding performance that was. But you also throw in performances against Watford and Burnley where we let ourselves down a bit. So we knew going in that we had the potential to produce a performance like that, Mm. but it was, it was certainly no guarantee was there. And I think what, one thing for me that stood out was how, where we've got, when we've got results against big teams in the past, they tend to follow the same pattern. We'll, we'll nick a goal and then the last 15 to, you know, sometimes 20 minutes, 30 minutes, but we're, we're camped in our half, just 11 men in our own box, throwing bodies in the way and whatever can get in the way of the ball goes mm. in the way. But this it's time it was, comfortable, yeah, wasn't it? it was really professional, saw the game out nicely, still knocking the ball around in their half, you know, once we are into stoppage time. Mm. It, it was, was, you know, this, how,
3: was this the best performance under Pellegrini?
5: It's certainly up there. Uh, I can't off the top of my head think of a better one. I mean, we've had good results this season. Yep. Um, some really good results, but I think that given the the caliber of our position, I mean, I don't really count many United as being up there with Arsenal with, with the win earlier this season because United were going for an even worse time than Arsenal. While, um, so yeah, I mean, it's got to be up there. I, 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 I mean, a lot of people would say it's definitely is, but it's difficult to say. But I think that the match winner for me, although Declan Rice got the winner, was was Sami Ashley.
3: I was going to say, other than Declan Rice, because naturally he takes the headlines. It was a brilliant goal. It's been, he's been spoken about probably more than any other West Ham player all season. Mm. But Sammy Nasri against his former club, he, yeah, you say he was a huge positive.
5: Still got it. Well, he started, which surprised everyone. I think I wasn't expecting him to start. I know he played well against Birmingham in the cup, but given his fitness, he's only just got back. You know, so for him to start, but. He kind of it kind of underlined that big team mentality that Pellegrini's been going on about. In that you know he's going, he's got a player in that dressing room now alongside all of those all those players are going right. Big team mentality. This guy's got it. You know, and you're playing alongside him now. Listen to him, and that that shone through. And I thought he was absolutely fantastic. He just he dictated that midfield, and Arsenal didn't know what to do with him.
4: I think it was a strange one because, like you say, the attention was rightfully so on Declan Rice after mm. the game. I think on, on Sunday, the, the sports pullout in the Times was front and back. They had Declan mm. on the front the a massive <laughs> spread of him celebrating. Then the back was all about the Arnautovic stuff. There was such a lot going on around that game and around the club at the time that he did. He got overshadowed. stepped under he? the radar yeah. a little bit. Yeah. And I've been happy to eat uh, humble pie and, and since the game, but since he's come in and started, because I was very much of the mindset where I thought, oh, he's been out for 18 months, he's going to be another sort of classic West Ham signing, if you will. Yeah. Big wages, was good in the past, you know, just hasn't really got it, Lundberg-esque.
0: Um, yeah, because but-
3: you, you, there was an f- absolute fair argument that you could look at it either side, it's either going to be a stroke of genius, you've got a player who's in on a free, you know, someone who has played at the very top level, and the manager knows, or you're going to get somebody whose attitude has been questionable over the years, and who's perhaps isn't you know, as, as hungry as he as he once was, but are you now looking at this signing thinking, "Hang about, this was a, a bit of a masterstroke from from Pellegrini, and we've uh, would I go as far as to say almost the, the missing piece in that midfield?" I
4: think it's one game, isn't it? At,
5: the, at this stage, it's one game, but it's a game against a very good Arsenal team. Um, and given he was out for eighteen months, he, he showed a lot of professionalism and he showed a lot of you know his fitness was fine. Um, so he certainly showed his commitment to the calls. I mean, a lot of people thought he was just turning up just to, you know, get one final payday before he does eventually retire after eighteen months out, and he's actually proved proved everyone wrong. Really, I know it's only one one performance in the Premier League, but you know, I think it, it it certainly puts gives me a lot of trust in Pellegrini in the transfer market. And I, I suppose this goes back to the whole, you know, potential striker search, and that I can't think of one player that he's signed for the club since he arrived that has been a genuine disappointment. Okay, a lot of people will point to Lucas Perez. Mm. But he scored, what, five or six goals for us. And he was four million
4: quid.
3: And he was four million he? quid. Yeah. So,
5: you know, he was bought in as a squad player anyway. Carlos Sanchez bought in as a squad player. I was going to say, Carlos got,
3: Sanchez and Jack Wilshere, I'll be honest, they've,
5: they've not pulled up trees, have they? I suppose Jack, Jack Wilshere, yeah, but then because he's been injured. Mm. Um, Jury's it, still out. It, the Jury is still out. Okay, he didn't have a great start, but he, he has had a couple of good games for us. So it's very difficult to, to, it would be harsh to say he's been a a real disappointment. So I've got a lot of trust in him in the market. And uh, Samir Nasri kind of proves it because uh, that raised more eyebrows than any other. And on the basis of that performance, I want to see him start the weekend.
4: I think that's what's nice, isn't it? You talk about raising eyebrows there. There's quite a lot of that going on at the moment, isn't there? But it's it's all positive. There's a lot of, you know, West Ham fans are are used to a, a certain, not just not brand of football, but they're used to the club being run a certain way over the past few years. And it wasn't always one that was massively easy to get excited about, but there's been quite a few things isn't there this season since Pellegrini's come in and from that appointment, really including yeah. that appointment where everyone's sort of gone, Oh, Oh, hang on. Oh, that's, that's quite good. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Oh, that's a surprise, but that's good. And it's just, there's this underlying feeling of positivity around the club which is quite refreshing to see. And Nasri is a, is a symptom of that, isn't he? Yeah, Well, another
3: thing that should be easy to get excited about is speaking to a former striker of yours. Frank Machiavelli, is going to join us on the show next.
2: Love sports.
3: Yeah, welcome back. The West Ham Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio. Jake Watson with you till 10pm this evening. We've got another hour of the West Ham Show before the Millwall boys come in and see us through till 10. We've got James Jones from West Ham World. We've got Will Pugh from Balls on the line in the studio. Delighted to say we've got Frank Manavetti on the phone. Frank, good evening. Evening, guys. How are we? Well? I'm
6: very well, yeah. Very good. Yeah, we're in Glasgow, but still still Good. <laughs> sorry, what was that about Glasgow? I'm back in Glasgow loving now, but I'm still all good. It, what's the weather like? It's all right, <laughs> actually. It's not, it's not bad. Playing, playing six or eight today, so yeah, it was quite
3: good. Yeah, it's, it's wet and cold in London today, Frank. Absolutely horrible. Oh my god,
6: Charlie.
3: Yeah, we've got a happy pair in, in the studio, though. We're just talking about this win over Arsenal at the weekend. Yeah. Do, do you think that's probably the, the best, most complete performance we, we've seen under Pellegrini?
6: Well, to be fair, it's the, the Arsenal fans. The Arsenal fans will, will say that the Arsenal didn't turn up. I thought, you know, you've got to give a lot of credit to the to the way the manager set the team up. Didn't give them a chance. To let them have the ball. They were passing it sideways, backwards. They didn't uh, get any any penetration and like the, an Arsenal of old were trying to, do. Um, they didn't have any creat- creativity in the midfield. So you've got to say that the manager got it bang on and um, listen, it doesn't matter at this stage of the season you, you get a win against your um, London rivals, it's, it's always great for the fans, it gives them a great boost and, and to be fair, the team's been playing well recently, they've only lost, what, one in six or something, mm. so um, they, they've been on a good run um, so uh, it's been good, yeah I fancied them to got up and I think they lost to Burnley, didn't they Was that, everyone fancied them to got up and after they won four in their row and, and they could be there, so, the manager's doing the right things, and um, whether this, um, latest revelation is going to, uh, upset the dressing room, we are, I don't know.
3: Yeah, I was going to say, so this win, and Declan Rice's performance, was that a nice welcome distraction, then, do you think, with all the build-up to the game, wasn't it, it was about this Arnautovic, will he stay, will he go?
6: Yeah, well, of course, I mean, but, uh, listen, I think players have got to be honest, nowadays, and, we all know the kind of money, that they're earning, so money, shouldn't be how much money do you want money shouldn't be an option if what they're saying is there's a Chinese club offering 300 grand a week then, then just come out and say that I want to go and, and take yeah. the money you know all this nonsense about you want to go to China to win medals and, and all that kind of stuff I mean that doesn't fool anyone and that's not good for the team but to be fair I mean, he didn't have his best game of the weekend but he still I like the fact that he still put, he still tried um, so you know, you know the manager obviously knows what you're going to get with a player, uh, and I, I I agree with that. It Doesn't matter what your problems are if you've got problems outside the football ground, then you leave them out there. And mean, you go into the stadium, that's you're doing it for the, yourself, the fans, and and everyone round about. The the club's paying you wages and they're paying them really good money. So um, I I think you should be thankful that West Ham took him because there's not a lot. Of, there was not to be fair, Jake. There was not a lot of clubs coming in from because he was supposed to be this problem player. Now if he's that good other clubs would have come in
4: for them. and he's saying well we only paid £20 million because nobody wanted him Evening Frank um, we had Stuart Robson on last week and we spoke to him about
6: oh, That would have been interesting for you <laughs> 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 But we
4: were, we were speaking to Stuart about the about the mentality of West Ham as a football club and I think the last time you know we we had that the most successful season was obviously when, when you were in the team um, we're Talking about now and the the potential we've got and, and the big yeah. club mentality that we've hopefully got now under Pellegrini, do you think that mm-hmm. uh, in in this age that's something that we'll be able to see under the new manager and with the players like Nasri that he's bringing in?
6: Well, I think so. I mean, listen, the, the, the boys not played for, what, a year? Yeah,
4: Nasri 18 months, and, I think he was cut, out, yeah.
6: It's absolutely incredible at the weekend for someone that's not played for such a long time. I thought, I thought it was a wonderful game. He um, set a couple of boys up just with just with little deft touches, and that's what you know. Lanzini used to, do, but i We missed mm-hmm. that. Um well, and Piyet used to do that. But you know, it's when you got players, but as with the quality he's got, um, you get him up to fitness. What an asset he's going to be, because um, he can open up. I like players that can open up defences, mm-hmm. and, and he can certainly do that. And, and it would be whether it's Ammy or someone else. Listen. If Annie goes, the club's bigger than one player. So the Ham will move on. They'll get someone else. Some the fans will take to someone else, and that's a, That's the way the football world works. So I think if Annie's want to go, let them go. But the club's got to take the money for him. They've got to ask for more than 35 because he has done well. To be fair, he's not scored as many goals as what I thought he would score. But he, he, you know, in today's today's world, he's worth more than 35 million. Frank. I think so. I just, I just think it's a great mentality. I think the Cubs up there now that they, they, they've got confidence and they've got confidence every week. The more games you win, the more times you play well, then it breeds confidence. And, and with, with someone like Declan in the midfield, who, who would have thought? You've got to give the manager credit for taking them from the, the centre half the midfield.
4: So, do you think the club could? Uh... Emulate the sort of uh, thing they performance or league standing that they did when when you were playing, or do you think that's that we live in well, a different I, age now?
6: I don't know. I think we went eighteen games, didn't we, without getting beat, um, which was a great. We should have won the league, to be honest. Like that, that, the year we, we should have done Leicester, but the only thing Leicester had in, in over us was that they didn't get. Um, we had to play six six weeks. we had to play Monday, Saturday, Monday and Wednesday for six weeks. Which was uh, it really knackered us for the league. So well, I don't think anyone beat us for the league apart from from the weather. Uh, but you know, you, we could all see things happen. But um, I, I can see this team going around. run. I, I can certainly see them signing again, and if not January, they'll certainly sign um, again in the uh, in the summer and, and improve. And if we get to you know in the top eight, seven, I I, I think we should. I think they're good enough to get to top six at the moment the way other teams are playing. So um, I mean, you've got your top four, and then you've got boys well, not even get top four now. He used to have top four, but it's Liverpool, Man City at the moment, isn't it?
5: Mm-hmm. I mean,
6: and then they're pulling away. And Then there's another little league, and I think we should be aiming to get into that league. That you know, that Europa League spot. I think they. I don't see why they can't aim for that because they've got good enough players, and and he's built them into a unit that's that's obviously hard to
5: beat. You spoke earlier, Frank, about um, confidence. Um, and yeah. you know, one player that's got you know heaps of confidence at the moment. And you also uh, mentioned him was Declan Rice. Um, yeah, yeah, Given
6: twenty-year-old, that's what happens when you're
5: young. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and given the club's you know history and bringing through um, academy academy players, you know we, we called yeah. call the academy of football. And yeah, what have you made of Declan Rice's rise? You know, it's been pretty rapid, and. and do you think well, the club, do you think the club are gonna have to worry team. about keeping out of him?
6: Well no, I, I knew before they went in the first team because I, I was privileged to you know, talk about the boys of A Tony Gale and, and some of the boys have been uh knew the boy Rice. Mm. So they knew um all about the boy and they and they kept banging on about this boy Declan Rice is gonna be the next star and all that kind of stuff. And he hadn't hit the first team. Mm. And then all of a sudden he came in and to be fair he put centre half and he, you know, I think they moved him after he ducked when when uh, Joe Hart was in goal, and it was against Arsenal. Was it he ducked in the ball and in the goal? Yeah, I think that was when they moved him in the midfield. <laughs> but he's, but he, it's great that you've got someone who's stamping his authority in midfield and sitting as a holding player. It's now a, it's now a position, but he can also sit back in him in the centre defence if needed. But you don't want to start doing that. I think he's quite happy to sit in midfield because he's got the legs, he's got the pace. And he's got because he's a defender. He's got that luxury mm. of, of reading the game very well. Now you can he can spot danger.
5: And wh- Frank, what do you think of? Um, I mean, a lot's been said of the, the stadium in yeah. in, in recent in, in the last couple of years. But you know, I, I I said to a couple of mates after that win on Saturday that. I think I don't think we can we can actually um, look at the stadium and say that it's it's a negative anymore because we've actually started winning games there now, haven't we? Particularly yeah. after they've you know they've increased the capacity, there seems to be an atmosphere, and it seems like the fans have forgotten that uh, all the problems that we've got, and we're actually sort of all pulling together. Well, I think there was a lot of
6: teething problems when when they moved. I mean, I think there was a lot, a lot of problems from from both sides. I think when. You were buying your season ticket. They should have. They, they should have been told, look, your section where you were at, at the bowling ground. They're moving to this section. If you want to stay with that, mm. Your crowd. And, and it would have been a lot easier for the fans. Because you know, let's be honest, we were all fans of football clubs, and and you grow up, and every weekend and week, every every home game, you see the same faces, and you get used to that, and it's sometimes nice. Um, um, you know, to, to be with the same people. And that, and that didn't happen. And then they got people that didn't understand football on the stadium. Well, and that was out with, which I didn't like, I was out with West Ham's control. Um, um, they they brought in their own security. People that didn't know football didn't, you know, didn't. If someone gets the ball and does something, I, I want to stand on my feet. I want to get up, you know. Um, that's, that's what football's all about getting you off your feet, getting you on your feet. And And I think it's. It's wrong for Pussy He got to sit down, and I think they were doing that too much. And there was a lot of problems. I still do like the gaps in the stadium. Mm. Um, but I think, to be fair to the, the owners and 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 Cam Brady, I, I didn't know what Karen was up to, but I think she's having a a right pop at the council, and, and she's getting right in their goat. And I think they're getting annoyed with her. And I, th- I think might we might be able to buy in a couple of years <laughs> <laughs> the way that they're, they're going because they're not they're not earning any money. The government's mm. not earning a, a coin out of the stadium. And you can't keep changing the bank forward to athletics when it's not earning any money, Frank. You know why would you want to do that? Keep changing it and, and cost money. It's like it's like a putting water in a surface It's not it's not doing you any good. So, you know, they, West Ham could make money out of that, stadium, the the you know concerts and and, and the money that they'll save be turning in a, an athletic stadium. You know, and maybe like I don't know, maybe my my. If I had a wish, I would say, the same as Man City, it would be great to, That was an athletic stadium, it would be great if they could buy and turn it into a football stadium. Mm. Frank, I, I don't know about you guys, but when I walk in a football stadium, I want to see photos of footballers. I don't want to see Linford Christie and, and people that I've never heard of that ride a bike or somebody that swims. You know, I think it's lazy when it's a football stadium, you should take all the athletes down.
2: When sure. you walk through
6: that front door, I think it should be a football stadium. Yeah, yes, yeah, sh- you know, sure. and, and when it's athletic stadium, take all the footballs away. I mean, it's just it's just common sense. I think it's uh, it just it's just laziness that they don't want to do things like.
4: That. Frank, just uh, just a quick one. You touched on it there—the the positive attitude that seems to be around the club, and we're obviously settling yeah. into the ground a little bit more. And we seem to have a man in Pellegrini who is guiding us in a in a direction we want to go. Given all that, what what do you think though is a realistic? Uh, finish for us this season given everything else that's going on
6: well, you know what if, they keep, if, they keep, if Arnie's there or, or, they, or if he goes and they get another striker um, you know I don't think I, I think if Arnie was to go and, and I don't think Perez is, is a man to lead the line you know Andy Carroll yeah but you know he's he's on the bench more and sitting the stand more than he's on the pitch because he's injured so you need to get another another striker. Whether it brings in um, some of the youngsters coming through, I don't know, but uh, it might it might be great if they can bring one of them in and they hit, hit the ground running. But they need to get a striker, you know, that can score goals um, and to feed off maybe Hernandez or, or you know if Lanzini goes back with with it's A great team in there, they've got great players that can play. Snodgrass is in a game. You know, actually, that's just not grass. I knew when he went down to West Ham, he didn't, he didn't hit the ground running. And I knew he was better than that. So I'm delighted for the boy now that he's shown. And and the fans can see that he, every week he gives 110%. Um, whatever the other players should. But he, he, puts, he puts a good shift in. And, and the fans love that.
4: Yeah, absolutely.
3: Frank, thank you very, very much indeed. Enjoy Glasgow. And we'll speak to you soon. Thank you
6: very much, guys.
3: That was Frank McAvenny, the former West Ham striker there, uh, speaking to us here on Love Sport Radio. Up next, though, we're going to continue to talk about the game against Arsenal, but from a tactical perspective and from a tactical expert. Alan O'Brien, he is a tactical expert. He's from the Tactics Truck. He wrote a really interesting article during the week. We're going to be talking to
2: him about that next here on the show. We've all got one, and we're not afraid to put it on display. Our opinions, that is. Share yours now at LoveSport Radio on Twitter or call us 0208-7020-558. Love Sport Radio, your fan station.
3: Yeah, welcome back. The West Ham Fan Show here. Let's speak to Alan O'Brien now, tactics expert from Tactics Truck uh, 2.0. Alan, good evening.
0: Good evening, Jake. How are you? Yeah, very,
3: very well indeed. So, Alan, just tell us a little bit um, about this article you wrote during the week about this Arsenal-West Ham game, if you can.
0: Yeah, I wrote the article there on Saturday after the game. And uh, I have to say I was I was forced to crawl a little bit because I was on this show earlier in the season. Uh, And I was, you know, kind of making light of the fact that Manuel Pellegrini was insistent upon imposing a big team mentality, as he calls it, on West Ham United. And it was an unmitigated failure in the opening weeks, I think you'll all agree. And he kind of adjusted to a more counter-attacking style subsequently, got some results, then went back to more open style and things didn't go too well over Christmas. But he got that game against Arsenal on Saturday and, look, I have to admit... West Ham did have a big team mentality. They had more possession of the football up until Declan Rice's opener and winner. Obviously, you know when a team takes the lead, they retrench a little bit and allow the opposition to have the ball a bit more. But that impressed me hugely to 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 be at home to a side like Arsenal, who press higher than any other Premier League team, even Man City, and to have more of the ball. It's huge, and it shows that his project is uh, is going quite well, better than I thought it was.
3: <laughs> is, is this the first time, Alan, that you've noticed a side, you know, should we call a, a not top six side, do this to Arsenal?
0: Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, I, I can't really think of of a non top side or uh, non top six side that has outpossessed Arsenal this season. I'm open to correction, obviously, but. As I said, Arsenal have have really fetish, fetishised possession, and and I suppose pressed high more so than any other side. And I, I find it surprising if any side has has possessed Arsenal this season. So yeah, it's it's a uh, it's a real. I think it's it's kind of gone unnoticed almost how impressive West Ham were really. Alan, you, you say that you know
5: early on the season, and I remember I remember you kept saying that. It wasn't going well with what Pellegrini was trying to do at the club, and you know he's being really stubborn. But it seems to be coming to fruition. Um, but what is he? What is he doing? Is it just a mentality switch, or you know, or is he tweaking, uh, making a lot of tactical tweaks every game to really get the, the perfect system um, each each game week?
0: Well, I think, to, to some extent, his hand was forced um, against Arsenal. I, I think we both know his preferred system is four-four-two with um with two inverted wingers. It has been for a long time, and I think that it was a mistake from him to, to go back to that um, in November. He, he was using a 4 system that was very uh, solid and very dangerous in the counter-attack with Declan Rice playing behind Pedro Obiang and Mark Noble. He switched to four four two. He got some good results, but they were fortunate results. They were very open, and he had some situations there where his strikers were either injured or unavailable for whatever reason. And he felt perhaps that he, he had to uh, deviate away from four four two because of the options at his disposal. And we saw that against Southampton, he had a five man midfield, and West Ham won. And against Watford and Burnley, they had a, a four man midfield and lost. And against Arsenal on Saturday, back to the five-man midfield again, and they won again. So I think that, you know, it was almost luck, in a sense. He had Mark Arnautovic up front, but he didn't really have any other uh, strikers available, apart from Andy Carroll, who, in my opinion, is not a viable option anymore.
4: Alan, West Ham have had some managers in the past who have been criticised for being stubborn. Sam Allardyce springs to mind in, with that particular style of play that he had. Do you think uh, that it seems that Pellegrini is perhaps now being lauded for that for that stubborn streak that he had earlier in the season that seems to be bearing fruit? But do you think it's still important to have a, have a flexibility from a tactical point of view if you're a manager of a, a big Premier League side?
0: Definitely, yeah. I, I think... As I said, the worry for me is that, you know, he changed his four-four-two system for the Man City game of all games and, you know, actually caused City some trouble in behind the full-backs, but uh, per- persisted with it for the next nine or ten games. And West Ham looked really, really open against, on paper, weaker sides and perhaps should have, you know, ha- had some poor results. Fulham certainly should have had them beaten by half-time, for example. Uh, so my worry is that, you know... Although there was great success on Saturday with a more progressive style, uh, albeit with an extra-central midfielder in Samuel Nasri, my worry is that Pellegrini will kind of see this as carte blanche to be progressive in every game. And that would be a shame because there are games in which West Ham can't be the big team. and We saw it actually earlier in the season against Chelsea in the nil-all that West Ham should have won. They used a very defensive counter-attacking style in that game and should have beaten Chelsea. So you're right. There has to be flexibility, but my worry with Pellegrini is that he's not the kind of guy who's who's uh, who's keen on being flexible. He wants to be the big guy all the time, and it's not always appropriate.
5: And obviously, with all this talk of Van leaving, leaving, um, and as we as we all know, it's a difficult window to bring in a, a replacement um, who can actually replicate what he does. But is, do, you, do you see a player in in the current West Ham ranks that could you know could at least fill in the gap? Should Onatovich leave, or do you think you know that they have no option but to try and replace him?
0: Unfortunately, James, it's the latter. Uh, I think Lucas Perez, admittedly, he's only made two league starts, but he's been an unmitigated failure. Uh, Andy Carroll, as I mentioned earlier, looks shot. Um, Mickey Bell Antonio, while he's you know great in the air and he'll bustle defenders off the ball, is technically. Not very good, um, so you're 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 struggling. Hernandez, obviously, what has he scored? Thirteen goals in 48 appearances in his West Ham career. He hasn't exactly set the world alight, and he wants out as well, apparently. So, what are you left with then? Jande Silva, who has one sub appearance, you got to sign someone. Mm. Uh, who that is, is is the question. There's talk today. I see. Uh, Jacob Steinberg of the Guardian talking about a potential move for Maxi Gomez to Celta Vigo, and uh, another uh, London-based uh, sport radio station which will remain nameless. One uh, <laughs> lean been talking about Christoph Piontek from Genoa Mm. who's second only to Ronaldo in Serie A in the scorers charts I can't see that happening yeah uh, that'd be
3: some coup Alan we're going to have to leave it there but thank you very very much indeed uh, for speaking to us this evening Um, that was Alan O'Brien tax expert from Tactics Truck 2 Uh, still loads to come here on Lost Radio and the West Ham Fan Show we're
2: quickly approaching (laughs) 8pm
3: Welcome back to the West Ham Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio. Guys, let's talk about January and let's not talk about Marco and He is off-topic, okay? Um, (laughs) There's lots of other stuff. We'll start with uh, Pedro Obiang actually because this one kind of broke through yesterday um, linked with a move to Fiorentina. Apparently a 10 million euro bid has been rejected. Um, Thoughts?
5: I'm not surprised they rejected it. I think he's worth more than that. I know he's only a squad player for us but I think he, he only cost us eight million when we signed him, um, and he has been good when he plays. I mean, I've never, I've never been disappointed with any of his performances, even off the bench. So, you know, in, in this market in in 2019, um, a player like i should be going for a little bit more than ten ten million mm. euros. You know, you should be looking to at least add another five or ten on top of that because that's the market these days. And you start letting players go that cheaply, then you, you don't really have much clout in the transfer window. Do you? I
4: w- I think it's a bit of an odd one to consider letting him go at this stage as well, because I just think, as like you said, he's a squad player. He's and he's a reasonable squad player as well, mm. isn't he? You never, if he comes on or if he starts a game, you never get like really nervous or think, oh, we're significantly weakened having him in the team. Do mm. you? I think we've got obviously you've got Sanchez and uh, Wilshere uh, out, and we'll be playing in that sort of position, but. If it was in the summer again, it might make sense, but I just think it's a bit peculiar. Why would you limit your squad at this stage of the season mm. where he hasn't done anything wrong? So for that sort of money, I can see why they rejected it. Really,
5: I mean, there have have been murmurs going on for probably the best part of a year now that he, you know, he's interested in going back to Italy um, with his family for whatever reason. I don't know because you know he's, he has been around for what three or four years. So it's not as if he's he struggled to settle in London because you know he's been here for a while, but. Mm. Perhaps that is the case, his family might want to go back to Italy and, and, and go back go back to, to where, where they were living before. So and fair enough, but at the same time, he's still under contract and you know, if, if we can if we can use him we can do with him, then there's no reason to let him go, especially at that price as well. Yeah. So. What would you let him go for though?
3: Well that's the thing, isn't it? He's he's twenty six years old, so he has got a resale value. Jack Wilshire I'm not sure if he, unless he starts putting up trees and, and fairly quickly, if anyone's going to come in and spend money on him. Mm. Carlos Sanchez, because of the age, there's no sellable value there. So West Ham might look at it a little bit differently that they've got Declan Rice, you've got Mark Noble, you've got those two to come back. So, whilst he's a useful player to have, it's 10 million euros that could go towards being spent on something you need elsewhere, like a fullback or a striker.
0: Mm
5: you say that, but then again, ten million euros doesn't go far in this in this market anymore. It used to go a long way, but um, you know, if you can get ten million euros for a player, then you know you look you should be getting that for a youth player. Yeah. you know, not 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 a, a player that yeah, will, will start half year half. Italian your games.
3: clubs haven't got the same money though as Premier League clubs, have they? Ten million euros is a fair fair whack for, but, from, from from them, not for a Premier League club.
4: But if that's if that's the case, then surely there'd be a Premier League club who could do with Obiang in their team. He'd he'd get into a, quite a lot, and
5: of
3: he'd be okay with selling teams. him to a, a rival per se.
5: I don't think he's. I that don't. I don't think he'd go to a rival. I don't think as much as you know. I quite like him. I don't think he's he's good enough to go to a rival uh, and and start there every week. Not a direct rival, but you could
4: see. I could see him going to anyone in the bottom five of the Premier League, for yeah. example. Yeah,
5: and and being a regular starter and actually making a difference. Uh, but even then, you know, sell to a Premier League team, and you're looking at twenty. Well, that's yeah, twenty that's what million. I'm saying, yeah, oh, yeah you, you make a good point about you know Italian clubs don't have a great deal of a great. Um, it's not, a, not the a, same. Anyway, near enough. Not money, that you should but, be doing them a deal, but <laughs> but, we're, but, we're, but at the same time, we're the ones that are going to be you know uh, uh, you know are going to be demanding a fee for a player. You know, we're not going to go. Oh, you haven't got a lot of, you haven't got a lot of money. Okay, well, you can have him at half price. You know, <laughs> um, it's not unfortunately that's not how it works for the Italians. So, I don't know. I I, I just think I could see why they they rejected it. If they come back and go, he's fifteen. Perhaps yeah. consider it. Maybe. I, I Do you I, know. I
3: know what? I mean, again, he's a decent player. but I think fifteen million is a is a fair price. I think I don't think anybody else will will pay more than that. Um, going back to the strikers and potential wins, uh, Christoph Piatek for people who aren't familiar, plays for Genoa in Italy, Polish striker, he's 21 years old, Uh, he's brilliant Mm -hmm. Um, he's absolutely smashing them in for club and country and has been for for a good couple of years now being linked with a whole host of Europe's biggest clubs, linked with AC Milan West Ham have been linked, apparently AC Milan are trying to push forward this one now because it looks like Higuain is going to be off, which means obviously they need another striker I feel that at the very least, Piotek to West Ham is an ambitious move, but it's nice to see that ambition. And if Anatovich does go, they're talking about a 40 million euro bid for for, for peer tech If you're going to spend that money, which you'd obviously want that money reinvested in the squad, that'd be a great replacement, wouldn't it? That's that's exactly the name you should be going after, is it
4: not? I've I've got a slightly different view on it, uh, and I think although he has, like you said, he's second to Ronaldo, I think in the in
3: Serie a, yeah, in the
4: goal scoring at the moment, yeah. So he's obviously got some impressive credentials at, at quite a young age. I am a little bit wary, especially at this stage of the season, of taking a risk on anyone outside of outside of the Premier League.
3: 19 goals in 21 games this year. I think Six in
4: Europe. There's plenty of players like that who've come into the league. 23 years old. In the past, though, isn't there? You've got mm. the Morata Soldados. There's plenty of players from overseas you have got outstanding but records. There's no guarantee of anyone will. But do you not think it gives you a bit more... Mm, and I'm just thinking of Wilson at the moment from Bournemouth, who's been terrible. So would you rather
3: well? spend forty, fifty, sixty? Which what you're asking for Wilson? Bear in mind, this guy has never scored twenty goals in a season. You'd rather see that. You'd see that as a more reliable, more you know, fail-safe
4: option than Piatek. I certainly think it's less of a risk, don't you think? Because uh, although you'd still have to pay. As opposed significant- to someone who's had two knee ligament injuries. But you'd still have to pay a significant amount of money and significant wages to Peer Tech, would not you? It's not like he's gonna come if AC Milan are in yeah. and the goals yeah. he scored are in. I
3: think Wilson would actually demand higher wages, you know?
4: But they're gonna be in the same sort of ballpark. Mm. So there I still think that if you're going on the on the safer side of it, you've got Because that could easily blow up in your face, couldn't it? You could spend a lot of money on that and he could just be another one of those players who doesn't quite take to the league. Or, whereas you've got yeah, whereas you've or, got someone there already <laughs> who who could who's proven in the league already got that experience still reasonably young
3: it's all about taking risks though is it not because you know it's all it's all well and good signing a player yeah who is who's who's proved it to some degree in a league but we already know to a certain degree how good that player is and then you've got this unknown factor it's like when you like you sign a player and if at the end of the day Will, if Callum Wilson was going to be you know a, a superstar he'd already be at one of those top six clubs because he's been in the Premier League for a few years already. So that would tell you that the fact that you know, the West Ham's and various other clubs have been linked with him probably shows you the level he is. You've got Piatek here who's been linked to AC Milan with Real Madrid who's scoring a goal a game in Serie A who's just 23 years old. So yes, there's maybe a little bit more risk involved but surely the unknown quantity factor that his potential is, is higher than that of, of Wilson's and I think that's a risk that I'd rather see my club go for.
5: So I ran a poll on on West End World yeah. on Twitter early today. Um, I asked fans if we were to sell Marco this summer, who would they want to see see replace him? And uh, four options. What are the options? Pierre-Tech, yep. Callum Wilson, yeah. Jovic and uh, Timo Werner. Okay. And I asked them also if, if, if all their, ambitious if their preference moves wasn't by there, the way. You know, comment. Amazingly, you know, on the back of that little debate there, Callum Wilson has got twenty one percent of the vote, and pierre only fourteen percent of the vote. So.
3: 21% don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
5: 54% want Timo Werner, which isn't a surprise. Yeah, but um, I, feel that's, I mean, that's really ambitious. Yeah, that's they're all ambitious. ambitious. They're all
3: ambitious. But, again, we're talking about the Premier League money. If you offer €50 million euros to... is He's at Leipzig to Lisney-Werner. Yeah. They'd accept €50 million, Or they said... well, If he does go, he's not going to go for more than that. And you can offer him as much money is what he is at least on at at Leipzig. So whilst it's ambitious, I think it's the the, the kind of players that you should be going for. You should be going for them, yeah. If you're going to replace an out of it, you've got to go and spend it. You've got to go and invest.
5: Some of the other suggestions, uh, Adam Leatherbauer, who actually writes for West Ham World. He wants Tammy Abraham. Um, Yeah. Inaki Williams from Steve Hill. Um, Fuse Maxi Gomez. Diego Costa.
3: No, it's
5: not happening. It's a bit of a weird one. And so uh, and James Pryor wants Jordan Hugel back, which... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that.
3: He's doing bits for Middlesbrough, mate. He's doing bits for Middlesbrough, Jordan Hugo, But yeah, don't think... Don't think Um, he's Premier League, is he? And I don't think he's no. West Ham. <laughs> we're going to take a break. But afterwards, we're going to look ahead to your next game. It's against Bournemouth. We're going to be joined by former Hammers and Cherries striker Steve Jones.
2: This programme was previously broadcast live on Love Sport Radio. So some items may be out of date. For more podcasts or to listen live, visit lovesportradio.com.
3: Right, looking ahead to West Ham's next game. It's against Bournemouth. Callum Wilson. The Callum Wilson derby, potentially. <laughs> <laughs> it's a loose link at the very, very best. Uh, Steve Jones played for both West Ham and Bournemouth. He's on the phone now. Uh, Steve, good evening. Uh, you should be looking forward to this one, right? Yeah, yeah. I think
1: coming into this game, I think are, uh, or us, but, um, West Ham are the favourites for this game
3: at the moment. Yeah, chaps, would you agree with that? West Ham favourites getting into this?
5: Yeah, I think we are favourites, but at the same time, we have a habit of going into a game where we're favourites against a team out of form and, and losing a Burnley only a few weeks ago.
3: Yeah, yeah I'd, I'd, I'd agree with you there, definitely. <laughs> but Bournemouth, Bournemouth at home, they're, they're, a different, they're a different animal, are they not, Steve? Yeah, I went
1: there last year. Um, I was in the lounges last year and I went to the game and the atmosphere of the stadium is quite con- and quite tight. It, it, it's, it's quite a uh, intimidating atmosphere to play in. So it'll be it'll be interesting because Bournemouth ain't ain't firing all cylinders uh, recently, and, and they they need to start picking up some points. So it's gonna it's gonna be a tough game for the Amers, but it will be for Bournemouth as well. Like I said, they they need points now, and they need to get a few wins under their belt
3: and and revenge perhaps for the game earlier on in the season when Bournemouth. I think surprised many and went to the London Stadium and picked up all three points.
1: Yeah, I think West Ham fans are used to seeing Bournemouth you at know, their place. I remember that one day. You know, in very good side recently, they have tailed off a little bit, which is disappointing because obviously I watch them and I'll, I expect them to finish definitely top eight this year. Not sure they will now, um, depending on injuries and players, but uh, it, it's a tough game for both sides to be fair. it could go any way this game
4: Steve you touched on it there saying you expect Bournemouth or would hope Bournemouth finish in the top 8 this season they're only 4 points behind West Ham at the moment but we've been talking a lot tonight about uh, big club mentality in West Ham if, if that's going to be the case and that we're going to be challenging for that 7th 8th spot as we'd hope do you think these are games we should be expecting to win as West Ham fans? Uh,
1: definitely I would, I would expect us Definitely to be in the top eight after after the after the managerial change in the summer. Obviously, we brought in a top manager, and he's proven to do that. And even I'll doubt him after five or six games. But he certainly proved to be um, an entertaining manager. He wants to win games. He goes out there to win games. He goes to attack, and I like that. Um, they've spent a little bit of dough in the summer, but once again, hundred million nowadays is not really. He's not really pushing the boat out unbelievably, but if we go 100 million again this summer, then I'm sure Pellegrini will be definitely top six. You know, I think West Ham have done well with the signings they've done. Not all signings are going to work, but the majority of Pellegrini's signings have been
6: excellent.
5: Steve, we've we've spoken a lot tonight about Marko and um, and the one name that keeps popping up. Regarding his, um, his, his potential replacement, if if he does go, is Callum Wilson? Do you think he's a sort of player that could fit nicely into Wester and Pellegrini's system and, and West Ham's team? Yes, definitely.
1: Big big admirer of Callum Wilson. Very good player. Very sharp. Every time I've seen him, always looks dangerous. Um, Do you think West
3: Ham could get him though?
1: That's the question. That's the question. But if, it. if West Ham are pushing, <laughs> if, if West Ham are pushing. And with Pellegrini's mentality and what he's doing at the club, if that continues to go forward and they continue to slowly rise up the table, then people like Callum Wilson will become easier to sign. But if West Ham are five places below Bournemouth or five places, but it's not so easy to sign players, you need to be pushing, the club needs to be pushing forward. And uh, to be honest with you, if Margaret Anatovich goes and we if West Ham ourselves got good money for him, I would accept it because it it it's kind of seems to be that he's chasing a massive payday.
6: Mm.
1: I'll hold my hands up. I'm not I'm not there to say that he's not doing the right thing because obviously when I was playing there was there was few uh, very little money around and now it's obviously extortionate. And he's if he goes to China, he's going to be on four hundred grand a week for three seasons. So you can't really turn that sort of opportunity down, to be honest with you. When he could, I know he could be getting 150 grand if he pushed it at West Ham, but that's still not competing with the 400 grand from China. So it's very, it's very tough for the players nowadays. So, but there is no loyalty nowadays. That's what I would say for sure.
5: Steve, just quickly back on Callum Wilson. I mean, is, is he worth the reported 70 million that the Bournemouth, Bournemouth won? on I mean, him? obviously, you know, he's a wanted striker, but 70 million just a little bit too much definitely for definitely not. Oh, way
1: too much. Oh, I wouldn't want to pay more than 35, 40 million for Karen Wilson, and that's extortionate. So, 70 million is bamboozling money. But if he comes in and scores 25 goals a season for four seasons, mm. 70
6: million
3: is too. Yeah, but with the market it is, we all know it's crazy, Steve. Do you think, I mean, I, I agree with you, he's, he's not worth it, but do you think if it's not West Ham, somebody else will pay that money for him?
1: I think in the end they will do if he keep, continues good form. Definitely, someone will pay 70 million because I um, Dan Dyke when he was going to Liverpool, there was people questioning, questioning the, the transfer fee. But once it was paid, you no, know, and Dan Dyke has done well. It's the best buy Liverpool have done. So, and that, that could be the same case with Callum Wilson. I mean, there were few people questioned Anderson's 40 million for the first eight games this season, but as the season progressed. We've seen that there is 40 million in the tank. It, it, when you're considering the price tag nowadays,
4: Steve, do you think anyone further up the table than West Ham would would be interested in Wilson?
1: Well, the folks are. would have thought, so. thought there have been a lot of clubs looking at him and uh, and watching him because he is a dangerous player and he scores goals. And when you're that sort of player, you're always going to be watching. You're always going to be sought after. But um, obviously, no one's paid that for him yet. I, I don't
5: think they've there's any bids on the table, is there or not? Not as far as Nothing I'm aware. concrete. No. I, I might at still talk.
3: Yeah, I mean, Chelsea, Chelsea are rumoured to be ready to, to table some kind of bid, but I can't see him being their, their first choice, number nine. But Steve, on this game this weekend, Bournemouth, they're such such a patchy side, aren't they? They go on brilliant runs and then go on equally awful ones. They kind of seem to be in one of the, the, the more worse of their runs at the moment. Why do you think that is under, under Eddie Howe? They are so patchy.
1: I'm not really sure. Maybe it's the uh, when you when you look at the Bournemouth squad, it's very thin. It's very um, it's not it's not a massively heavily spent squad at all. Um, It deals with players from sort of the lower leagues and 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 some also onwards and does very well with that. And maybe that's why at times because he's not got that player that can produce it week in week out, which is. As we all know, is worth a lot of money nowadays. So I think it's hard for him, but I also think he's doing a fantastic job. And I think as long as Bournemouth stay mid-table for the next three, four or five seasons, and that may, that may seem crazy, I think you'll see the club get bigger and bigger eventually. Mm. But they're in that stage now where they've only got a twelve, thirteen thousand stadium. They can't compete financially with... I, would, I wouldn't have said any team in the Premiership. So they have to, they have to, they have to get in there and stay in there. And, and if, if they stay in there and they earn more money and they move to a 30000 senior stadium or whatever plus, then, then they become um, a different force, I think.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Look, but just lastly, Steve Bournemouth, um, they lost three of the last four. West Ham coming off the back of this win against Arsenal. Is that the vitality? How do you see it going?
1: I'm going go to go with a draw.
3: Come on, Steve! You know, Get off what, that fence, on mate! One, one draw. Come on, you're better than that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I support West Ham. and was lucky enough to go from on a Tuesday night at the Park against Wembley to be on Saturday at Upton uh, up Park, being on the bench. And obviously, I was lucky enough to play for Bournemouth through like the first great escape, and I had a couple of great seasons there. So I've got. I can't. I can't <laughs> go any side really, even, <laughs> even though I do support West Ham. It's hard for me to break that duck. <laughs> All it's right, going to be 1-1 one, 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 one
3: across the ball. All right, that'll do then. Steve, appreciate it as always, mate. Cheers, fella. Cheers, Jake. No problem. That's Steve Jones from West Ham and Bournemouth Striker giving his views ahead of that game this weekend. We're going to take a quick break, but before we leave this evening at 8.30, we'll get Will and James's views here in the studio about how they think
2: that game will go. For the fans, by the fans, Love Sport Radio.
3: Alright then, so a former player of yours, Steve Jones, also must mention, former Bournemouth player as well, very much sat on the fence, Reckons one all this weekend <laughs> at the Vitality. Um, do, you, do you want some kind of revenge for the, the the defeat to them earlier in the season? Because that was a bit of a coupon, bust, coupon buster then, wasn't it? And Callum Wilson had a worldie that day, didn't he? He
5: did, yeah. He scored a great goal. He did score a great goal, and I, I, I wouldn't like to say revenge, but... You know, we'll just get one back on them. It we'll doesn't have to be
3: fill fi- of hate,
5: James. Just you know, to w- yeah. w- want to show them who's who's the bigger club, really. Yeah, you know that they owe us now, don't they? Really. So yeah, yeah. We'll, um, we'll...
4: they're a hard team to want to get revenge against, though. Yeah. Bournemouth yeah. They? A nice club, aren't they? Just go ahead, yeah, your nice sweet club. little brother. Yeah, yeah nice <laughs> club. No,
5: I'd I, I'd like to see us go I mean, There's always goals between us, mm. but both sides are vitality. Two
3: nil nil. <laughs> yeah, now I've
5: said it. Yeah, I mean, last year it was three three, and it was that it was a real controversial one when it? were you know we were two 0 down and we put out the three yeah. two in the last ten minutes, and then they scored with an offside goal. It was also handball. <laughs> Apart from that though, and I think I think it was Callum Wilson that <laughs> came out after fourth. and went, yeah, I did handball it, and yeah, I think I was offside, but they all count. <laughs> like, yeah, cheers, mate. But um, yeah, I mean, hopefully not another three 0 draw uh, three will draw. But you now I'm quite confident going into this one. Yeah, same as me. We said that last week, didn't we? Yeah, quiet, we just we, keep quiet. saying that every week. Yeah, be I, think, all right. I think that's the
4: key to it all. Yeah,
5: uh, you know, if we, you know, what even a point given that we're both, you know, mid-table, uh, you know, a, a win would consolidate our top ten position, wouldn't it? Yeah,
3: but looking at that Bournemouth side, though, how how do you think you go about winning this one? Because you know, again. They don't necessarily grind out performances, Bournemouth. It's they don't really draw many games. It's kind of they win or they lose and they're kind of open. Sometimes it comes off and sometimes it doesn't. I know that sounds, you know, not particularly kind of great punditry, mm. but you know, they're not the kind of most rigid you know flat sides are they they're very open how do you think that maybe suits a West Ham side going away to them
4: well I think you'd, you've only got to look at the Southampton game recently haven't you where they're a similar in a similar mould to yeah. to Bournemouth in the style of play the size of club that sort of thing uh, and I think that I think that will suit us Arsenal are football inside as well that, mm. that suited us and then obviously we come up against Burnley who A little bit more physical, a little bit more direct, and we came unstuck there. So I think it will suit us. And you've got to hope that if it's two teams going head to head with that sort of mentality, you'd hope that we've got the better players in our team who that we'd come out on top in a contest like that.
5: Bournemouth are conceding goals as well. I mean, their goal difference is 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 pretty awful for a team in mid-table. Yeah. Um. And the way we're attacking, the way we're scoring goals at the moment, you'd like to think that Pellegrini will 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 line us up in a way um, in a way to exploit that. Because, you know, if we can do that, like Anderson, if Arnautovic is still here and he'll start, you know, no doubt. And you know, with Nazri now pulling the strings behind Arnautovic, you know, we've got an opportunity there to go there and, and, and really, you know, make a statement. Almost. Yeah,
3: no, I tend to agree. I think it would be an entertaining game. I do. I think it would be nice and open. Definitely yeah. an opportunity for West Ham to to take something at the very least. So Steve reckons it's a one-all, but I'm, I'm pretty much ignoring Here's prediction because, as he said, he can't really pick because he's he's very much divided. Uh, How do you think this will go? Let's get a score prediction. Stick your neck out on the line, please. Will, you go first.
4: I said 3-2 last week. We won 1-0, so I'm going to go 3-1 this week and hope we win (laughs) 2-0.
5: Nice. (laughs) I'm going to go 2-0, West Ham. So, a a pair of wins.
3: Yeah. Away at Bournemouth, up next for West Ham. Chaps, thank you very much indeed. James Jones from West Ham World. And we've got Will Pugh from... Balls on the line. You'll be back next week, same time. Uh, enjoy your week, and we'll see you soon.
2: Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news, and views. Or for more, follow us at LoveSport Radio on Twitter.